Welcome to the Confidence in Trading podcast. I am Agnieszka Wood and I am very excited to introduce my special guest, Kristen Vallejo. Kristen is a successful entrepreneur and a lifestyle photographer, capturing people and their pets in magazine-style scenarios to help them tell their stories, sell their products, connect, and to feel empowered. When she does not have her hands on the camera, she's either cooking, playing with dogs, or working out on her peloton. She's also a big fan of yin yoga, cheese, coffee, and blackberry pie, and someday she wants to live in a little stone house in the European countryside. All that sounds absolutely amazing and seems like a pretty relaxing lifestyle. What I did not mention to you yet is that she's also a wife of one of my former students. That's how I met Kristen. And it's exactly what I want to talk about today. The trading journey experienced from the sidelines as a wife of a trader. Welcome to episode number seven, Behind Every Trader, The Untold Story of Their Partner. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to my podcast and thank you so much for your willingness to come into the spotlight and share your personal experience and perspective on this topic. Hi, Agnieszka. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So trading is such a hot topic these days, especially with COVID, uh, a lot of new people stepping into the arena and soon after finding out that it's not easy as it seems. Can you tell us a little bit more about your first contact with trading? Sure. Um, trading was always something that felt um, foreign to me. I grew up in a small town in Ohio and uh, finance, New York City, the stock exchange trading were not at the top of everyone's minds at that time. So um, when I was uh, in grade school and in high school, I had very little exposure to anything financial um, and probably first started hearing about it when I got to college. But um, as you could tell by my intro, I am a fine arts person. So math numbers, <laughs> anything like that wasn't really in my purview. And, and to be honest, at that time in my life, I steered clear of numbers as much as possible because it made me uncomfortable. Um, it changed a little bit, but um, it really wasn't until um, in my mid-20s, I got a job as a graphic designer at an investment bank. Oh, wow. Yeah, weird, right? So <laughs> I started to learn a little bit about the culture and what was going on there, and it became a little more um, palpable to me than it than it had in the past. Okay, so that's how your first uh, contact with it was. Like, how did you how did you feel about it? Were you immediately interested? Because you know, a lot of people who get in touch with with trading and, and the stock market, and they see, oh my God, this is a way I can make money. Were, were you ever? inspired to just try yourself being in that environment? That didn't really happen until recently, honestly. Um, in, in my early 20s, when I first was exposed to investment banking, to be really honest, I was very turned off by the culture. Um, <laughs> my job was kind of the bottom, bottom of the barrel. I got to work on everything when you know, there were deadlines and everybody was amped up. And this was the mid nineties. Um, you know, investment banking was having its heyday. There were, it was, it was crazy. Right. So the environment was crazy. 
and aggressive. At least that's how it felt to me at the time. So it actually kind of pushed me a little further away from being interested in finance because I was like, ugh, that is not the life for me. You were like, that's exactly what I thought finance is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, confirmed. Um, so, so still at that point, I didn't think I would touch it with a ten-foot pole. <laughs> All right. So when when did you decide to touch it? When did that did it change, or like how how did you meet guys with Rob? Was it was it not until you met Rob that you actually got back into looking at stocks or the market? Yeah, I would say that's true. And even not at the very beginning. And oddly enough, we met at Goldman Sachs. So I had been living in San Francisco and worked in this design capacity at an investment bank, wanted to move to New York, got a transfer from one investment bank job to another one and was still immersed in that culture, but from such a different perspective. When you're in those um, administrative roles, you don't really understand the financial opportunities, even though you're working within that realm, since you you were there pounding away at jobs that support it, and you're not seeing the same financial benefits that that those employees are, you don't understand how how lucrative and rewarding it can be. So at that point in my life, it was just a job, it was a paycheck, it was something I had to get in and do and, and get as far away from as possible. And uh, when I met Rob, we we had dual roles at Goldman. He was in one building and I was in another doing the same job. And he was intrigued by the atmosphere. I wanted to get the hell away from it. <laughs> so, so, you know, but I always, but hearing his perspective and and what he wanted to learn from it and how he wanted to change his life with it always piqued my interest. And the nature of our relationship is that we're both very respectful of one another's interests and support. So I listened and I paid attention and I did my best to learn about what he was doing so that I could support him. So was he already trading at that time when he was uh, working for Goldman Sachs for himself? He was not. He as well was in an administrative role, but rather than being be repelled by it like I was, he was drawn into it and and wanted to get some of that for himself in some way. So you know, when we first met and and got together, he was just talking about wanting to do it. And it took a few years into our relationship for him to take steps toward actually being a trader. So when he told you, hey, listen, I'm I'm going to be a trader. What was your first initial reaction? What did you think? I, I think it, by that point, I had kind of softened um, my feelings about the financial world and had a more objective and uh, open-minded approach to it. And it's funny, funnily enough, I hadn't thought about this, but we read a, uh, a book. I think it was an, a biography of Warren Buffett. Rob wanted to listen to it in the car on the way to work one, one time. And, All right. and that book, I think, changed my mind about things to, to really understand the power of finance and how it didn't need to be this elusive thing behind the curtain, that it could be something that was accessible to both of us. So so my mind was open by the time he, he got around to it. So did you actually, did you know what you were getting into? Because day trading is very different than investing. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what did you feel at that time? What did you, how did you imagine it to go? Did you have any, any any picture of it? 
how it's going to influence your life? No, I didn't. And since my experience with it had been watching a, a pretty, um, what would you call it? A pretty uh, typical progression, right? Person goes to college, gets their finance degree, gets picked up by a firm, gets put through the rigmarole of, you know, Uh, 90 hour work weeks and then spits them out to be a millionaire at the end you know <laughs> at least that's what, that's what it looked like and yeah so when he told me he wanted to do this I think I was a little afraid of not having time with him I I thought maybe he would get sucked into this lifestyle that was so counter to what we had created for ourselves um You know, we're, we're both really hard workers and have had our own businesses and and put the hours in. But the reason we became our own bosses was so that we could have freedom and time. And I was a little concerned in the beginning that he was going to, uh, you know, be whisked away on that path. <laughs> Didn't you have a feeling because, you know, a lot of traders get into trading to have freedom where you're not like, but you have freedom. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think he was really zeroed in on the financial freedom. And at, at that point, you know, since uh, we don't have kids, so that's not an issue to have to be around for, for children. But I think he still felt, you know, energetic enough that if it was going to take time, that was okay with him, but it wasn't necessarily okay with me. <laughs> so, so what did you tell him? Like, were you just very diplomatic or how, how, how did you do that? Um, I, I think the way that we cope with all things when one of us throws something new out is, you know, let's, let's explore it and feel it out and look at the pros and cons and, I don't think there are very many things that even if I don't have the most positive outlook on, I won't still at least try. And I never would have said, I don't want you to do this or, you know, this isn't for you. I, you know, there've been a few things that we've tried out over the years that haven't worked out, but we're glad that we gave it a try anyway, just to see. So, right. so I, I didn't really need to be diplomatic because I was willing to give it a try. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it's really good to have the openness, right? Especially like if you're not sure what are you getting yourself into. Yeah. And you can always think like, okay, if it doesn't work, then you just stop. Yeah, exactly. It's, and that's very interesting because with trading, somehow, once you get into trading, it's not so easy to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. <laughs> Even people who do stop, Somewhere deep down, they have this thought, you know, one day I'll get back to it. I can see that. It's this draw. It's it's pretty, pretty incredible. And, you know, many traders have great plans. And most of them, they don't really think that they are going to be losing money, right? Because the idea is to make money. So they don't really treat it as business at first and say, okay, I will have to invest certain money. It's only that image of how much money I will make. Yeah. And the second part of it is, they don't really realize they will be struggling emotionally. Mm, yeah. That's like, that's, that's like the biggest thing on the journey. Right. And then the reality hits. Yes. Yeah. How did it look from your side? Did you see that switch of being enthusiastic, learning a new thing? And then suddenly, uh Oh, there is the wall. <laughs> you know, in the beginning, it, it's funny. because uh, before I was going to talk to you, I was thinking about all of these things. And since Rob approached this very slowly. It took quite a while for all these things to reveal themselves. And there were so many different things that he tried to learn. 
and platforms, so to speak, different people as teachers, different ways of learning. And, you know, I'm listening to all of this with him because it's online and I can hear it. And, you know, sitting here thinking like, oh, my God, that person's a terrible teacher. or Oh, how can he deal with listening to that? <laughs> and, and that's where a lot of my judgments came in is not so much that he was getting into, but who are these people teaching him? And, you know, the pain for me in that was thinking, oh, there's got to be somebody who presents this information more clearly or isn't so egocentric about it or, you know, so I would, I would be working on my pictures and editing and hearing his, his, uh, whatever lesson he, he was listening yeah. to. And, you know, it, one of the things that was a little unsettling at first was how much he flipped around through teachers, flipped around through trading platforms. And it was hard for me to understand at first, like, this is going to take some time to figure out there is no one size fits all. And, you know, he's got to find the right teaching style and the right information. And, and I could relate when I first started to learn photography, there were, I didn't know what questions I had. I didn't know which questions to ask. I didn't know how to get started. And, you know, for my profession, you know, the, the instruments are pretty clear cut, like the, the the triangle and the light ratios they're all kind of scientific and this is what it is and then you put your own artistic flair on it but since he was learning something so intricate in my opinion intricate complicated uh dependent on psychological and sociological factors it's like it's like getting multi levels of in education at one time and then trying to have to pick through which pieces make sense and how they influence your trading. And it's, I just find it mind blowing how complicated it can be. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty amazing because nothing is black and white. Yeah. Right. You can pretty much whatever question you ask, the answer could be, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. So, so I want to make sure that I answered your question. Um, so when did you see whether you saw this, this switch from, you know, like learning, being enthusiastic to, to the struggle? Like, did you notice when the struggle started taking place? It, it would come in waves. So, you know, once he got through the pain of what questions do I ask? Who do I get to help me? Then the new pains were now I have really specific questions and nobody will answer these questions. And I feel like overall, the biggest challenge for him is to just find mentors that will be forthcoming with information or at least point him in the right direction. And since he didn't have an economics background or uh, a quote unquote financial education, you know, he was kind of starting from scratch with everything. Um, so once he got that stuff ironed out, which kind of took a few years, and then then it was, well, what kind of trader am I going to be? You know, am I going to be a swing trader? Am I going to be a day trader? Am I going to be a long-term investor? And he would try out, you know, a little bit of this for a couple months and a little bit <laughs> for a couple of months. And you and, were like, oh my God, this is like training to be a doctor. <laughs> yes, it's taking forever. <laughs> so so there was, there was one time in particular, I'm going to say this was probably about five years ago, where he really dramatically hit a wall and threw away all his books that he had bought. You know, I'm not doing this. I quit. I, I can't do it. And then was faced with, okay, well, I've invested so much time in this. Now, what am I going to do? And that was the first time I had seen him 
express so much frustration and and that lasted about a week i was a little i'll admit i was a little nervous like okay well god what is he gonna do <laughs> and, and supporting that up and down and that kind of emotion is tough because at least from my perspective i want him to see this through i i know it's important to him i know how much he's put into this and i would feel heartbroken for him if he decided not to do it you know, and that's that first time it was looking like that's what was going to happen. But then he he dug all the books out of the trash. <laughs> and, and, he did. Yes. <laughs> Which is hilarious in hindsight, but at the time it was very <laughs> um, Dug all the books back out of the trash, got back to it and, you know, put his oh, head. <laughs> so we've had a few similar moments um, over the years, but they usually only last about a day. <laughs> Oh wow, he never told me about the I books. figured not. <laughs> <laughs> it sticks in my mind because it was I mean I watched the visual, so it's it's in there and it was it was it was funny but it was sad at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it must have been it must have been hard to, you know, it's like on one hand you want to end the the, the suffering from your husband. On the other hand, you don't want him to quit. Yeah, because you know that then he would suffer too. And it's like, what's the right way? What's the what's the right thing to say as a partner? I can imagine that that must be pretty difficult. It is. It is. And he's I mean, you've worked with him. He's been your client. So you know how he thinks. And he's the kind of person that really needs to come to decisions on his own. He takes my opinion into consideration, but there isn't much that I can do other than just be patient and wait it out. Um, and you know, I, I am having parallel experiences in growing my business too. And even though they're such different businesses, there are a lot of similarities in the emotional nature of the ups and downs, you know, for stock traders, it's ups and downs all day long of, you know, what, what the information's doing for creative people, it's ups and downs of, okay, I'm really busy this month. And now this month I don't have any work and, and you know, the biggest difference I think is you guys are so self-reliant and your, your worth is so tied up in that performance, right? Like if you're not having a, a larger ratio of wins over losses, it eats away at your ego. It eats away at how you feel about yourself. And, and that's been very challenging is how do you how do you watch from afar and, and convince someone like, look, you're not doing as bad as you think you are, but all they can see is lose, 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 lose. Yeah. It becomes very personal. And yeah. And I think that also makes it very difficult for the partner to, to give any type of advice because, you know, if, if you, let's say you have some issue with in your business, right? You can put that issue on the table and talk about it. As a, you know, maybe the, 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 the photo wasn't really good. The client is not happy because the quality or whatever. You can kind of put yourself, I, don't, I mean, I'm not sure. You have to tell me if that's true. You can put yourself easier outside of it because there is, there is a clear product that's coming out of your hand, a physical product. I think that's true to a certain extent. But where it marries with the trading is that... Um, that eating away at how you feel about yourself if because as a creative person this is a reflection of you right and that is true because it's your personal 
flavor that you put into it and all right yeah. exactly so that's it's it's been surprising the parallels we've had emotionally with with these businesses being that they're so different but but they both end up being tied up in self-worth and how do you be more how do you be more accepting of yourself the mistakes and the learning process um and not have all of your worth tied up into one thing so with that respect, it was actually maybe made it easier for you to understand what he's going through, projecting all those failures on himself. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's very interesting. I remember my, when, when I was learning trading, my husband was already trading for many, many years. And, you know, when I was going through my difficult period for two, two years, it, it really took two years. It was horrible. I would like bang my head against the wall every day and then, you know doing well and then blowing up again and I w we would go for a walk I remember like at the end of the day market closes and he's like okay let's go out let's go for a walk and we, we used to have a dog at that time and we would walk around the neighborhood and I would cry <laughs> like day in day out and he would just walk next to me you know just like don't worry tomorrow's another day and you know just trying to keep keep me positive but yeah I, you know, seeing from from now back, I think this must have been horrible period for him because you know, in a sense, I also got into trading because I don't want to say because of him, but that's how I got in touch with trading because he was trading and I got intrigued by it. So he kind of felt responsible for for my failure. Yeah. So so um. You know, knowing from my own experience, um, like when you struggle with building consistency, right? It, it is really not easy to disconnect yourself from it because again, you project it on yourself. And then in the end, you bring that into the dining table, right? And your day is basically defined by two colors, either green or red. Yep. <laughs> and the whole family, the moment you walk out of your office, the whole family knows what day that was. <laughs> was this also to that degree in your house? I think it's extra challenging since we both work from home, right? We are together a lot. I mean, way more than the average people are. Um, and that works for us. We enjoy each other's company and we're happy to be here supporting one another. But But yeah, we are in each other's energy pretty much all day. So you know, I don't have to wait for the end of the day or the dinner table. I know what's going on every, <laughs> every minute. <laughs> every minute. You know, so it, and it's, it's funny because in there was a while where I would always say how to go, how, you know, how's it going? What's the market doing? But then I realized like, I should just not ask because even though I wasn't putting pressure on him, I was just being curious or wanting to be helpful me asking was an added level of pressure, right? So right, right. Hopefully stop doing that. I don't think I do it as much as I used to. <laughs> did, did, did Rob give you some kind of, um, you know, was he informing you? Like what would help him? Like, you know, if you do this, that would be really helpful. Like, for example, don't ask me those questions. But yeah. How, how, was the, how was the approach from his side? Because I know that a lot of traders, they feel 
you know, guilt, responsibility, sometimes shame, because they are trying to achieve something and they know, okay, my partner is looking and I'm not able to do this. So there is some tension. I'm sure that's definitely happening. And my my intentions and my energy toward it were are have always been from a you will eventually get this standpoint. And for now, it's, you know, going to be up and down. And sometimes you're going to lose money. And I can wrap my head around that. Like, I look at it like me spending money on my business on marketing that doesn't work, right? Like, you don't know which marketing campaigns are going to work or which things that you invest in. You you can't know right away. So sometimes you waste some money. You know, I can think of plenty of times that I've said, yep, you know, I'll do that ad. I'll, I'll put me on that golf course. And, you know, <laughs> and not, one, <laughs> not one lick of business comes from that. So, but, but, but I try not to beat myself up about it because I wouldn't have known. And if I have that scarcity mentality about money, then I'm never going to be able to attract more to myself. So I try to encourage him from that perspective of, you know, you, you have to take the risks, you have to take the chances. Um, and I, I, as his partner, am okay with that. I don't, I don't dwell on the losses. Um, but he, you know, you would be a good trader. Pardon me? You would be a good trader. <laughs> I, I'm told that every day. So we'll get to that. <laughs> So I I do ask him all the time how I can support him. And, you know, I think we have a pretty good system worked out. Um, and, you know, a lot of times there isn't really anything I can do other than just go about my day and, and wait for him to feel better. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just be compassionate and loving. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think that's the, that's the big thing is like when you beat yourself up, because you you had a red day and now you're not, you know, you're you don't really feel that self worth. The last thing you want is someone else tell you, you know, about your mistakes, right? Yeah, exactly. So you really want someone to come and hug you. Yeah. I, I remember I used to ask my husband, "Do you still love me?" You know, if I took like a bigger loss, like, "Do you still love me?" And he was looking at me like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> It's like it doesn't depend whether you have a green or a red day. You know? But it is funny how it it you feel like it's uh, an, an expression of you. That win or loss is so tied up in how you feel about yourself. Yeah, yeah, and eventually, it, you know, if when you when you manage to disconnect and detach from that, not taking the self worth from money, because I think that's a lot of. That's more in a culture that you translate your self-worth to what what you make or what you were able to, you know, gather throughout your life, your house, your car and all these things, material things. I think then you're really tied up into like, okay, if I have a great day, I feel great about myself. Yeah. But it's really disconnecting from it and, and focusing on rather on your effort and what you do. Which, you know, is great, not just for trading, but life I in agree. general. Right? I agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've i had to check myself once in a while too. Like, okay, what else do I do besides photograph? You know, that, there's other things. And I've always had a tendency towards work workaholicism, if that's a word. <laughs> but, <laughs> that sounds good to me. Yeah. But now I, I do more to have a more fulfilling day and, and not make it all about work. Yeah being able to to let go right 
it's, it's almost like, at least in my experience, it's the more you let go, the more it comes to you. It's like you give space to actually things to come to you instead of just trying to squeeze it. Yes, I agree. Yeah. It's not easy to detach when you have your own business and, you know, when you really have to think like, okay, I have a client now, but what about the next day? Exactly, yeah. And I have to say that personally, trading really helped me to go through this process and to like completely detach from that fear from that uh you know need to hold on like okay well i need to make money i need to make money because i have to pay the bills and i always say now everyone has the need to pay the bills whether you have money or not the need is always there true mm -hmm. but how desperate you are to do that that does not change the need because yeah. the need is there that's true and it's better to be relaxed and you know putting effort in things that, you know, okay, if I put effort in the right things, the money will come instead of just stressing about it. That doesn't change anything except for your own, you know, how you feel <laughs> basically it stresses you out. So when was that moment that you thought, and was there a moment that you thought, okay, now he's, he's getting it and now he's getting more peaceful and, and we, we get our peace back in house. Or is it always kind of, you know, you never know what to expect? No, I think I think um, the pandemic was interesting for both of us. Um, we have a separate business that we share that takes up a lot of our time. And I think fo being focused on that made it difficult for Rob to really buckle down and and immerse himself in trading because that was what it required immersion you know i think i think anything that anybody's doing that's going to majorly change their life if you it's so much easier to do if you can immerse yourself in it when you have to do it a little bit here and a little bit there it, it's just so it just drags right so not being able to work on our core business during the pandemic let him immerse himself now it was a weird market and maybe not you know, what he's going to be typically trading, but it gave him the time to really think and methodically look through trades and learn new things and not have anything else as a distraction. Um, I think that led to his, his, the beginning of being more peaceful about it. And then he worked with you and, you know, got well aware of some of the things he never would have thought were influencing his mind <laughs> that were that were very personal and very not related to trading. And, and I think that made a big difference. And so now when the blow up, so to speak, happen, they're only an hour or two, and then he's gets it together and, and, and feels it okay. So, so that's a huge improvement. It is a huge right? improvement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel like he, his confidence grows daily and, you know, he's finally at a point where I feel like he has a, a strategy and a plan and, and he sticks to it. You know, I think that was one of the hardest things was when things weren't quite going the way he thought they should, he would re reconfigure the way he did everything instead of being patient and, and waiting for things to happen. And he's, he's gained a lot of patience. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. I mean, yeah, we worked. Uh, he worked very hard on it uh, together with me too, um, to make sure that he sticks to your plan. Because you know, what's what is the plan worth if you cannot stick to it, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. So now I'm terribly curious about that little hint 
you you gave earlier. Are you getting into trading? I think I might. <laughs> so, how, is, how did that come about? The finance hater has come full circle. So again, the pandemic, you know, where we both found ourselves unable to do our our usual professions. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went a long time without a photography gig, a long time. And it really made me start thinking about um, other other sources of income and what else can I be doing to just keep money coming in. And it's funny because I tend to have a knack for how do I synthesizing information? I'll say it that way. So, so this is one of the ways that I support Rob is he'll read something and he'll say, tell me what that means. And I will read the paragraphs and I will spit it back out to him, out to him, back out to him in a way that he can understand it. It's a great teamwork. And he'll say, why aren't you a trader? (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to, but, but more and more, I feel like, you know, it's something that, would help help keep us afloat financially and you know at when i was telling you about me listening to all these courses with him i'm also really good at working on my pictures and listening and and retaining right. that information so um so i am at the point of i think it's more than just a little bit of a fascination and i'm i'm ready to to learn so now i need to immerse myself and carve out that time and i i don't want to be at the detriment of my photography because I do love doing it. So um, I need to figure out a way that I can I can learn enough that it's not going to take away from what I'm currently doing. So I haven't quite figured that out yet. That's so exciting. That's so you're at the beginning of the journey and now you know what you are getting yourself into. So it's like a very conscious yeah, right? decision. <laughs> well, I, it is a conscious decision, and I think. I've gone through a lot of this pain with my current business. So it, that part of it doesn't really, it, I, I, it, I, right now it doesn't seem like something that will define me. So I think I can have a, a clear mind about getting into it, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll talk, I'll talk to you after I get really into it. <laughs> I can tell you one thing that, Trading will always surprise you. The you know the ability to to mirror everything that is like deep down in you. It will. It has the ability to somehow drag it on the surface and and trigger a lot of things. That's interesting because you you would never think so. But I but I've watched this in Rob, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very interesting because um, you know we have a lot of contact with other people, right, who trigger all kinds of things in us. So someone says something and, and, and you can always say, oh, this is really, that's not true. And it irritates, this guy irritates me, right? But it is really not the guy irritates you. He has triggered something in you that says more about you than about the guy. In the market, you cannot blame someone. You will try, probably. You will try to blame the market, the stock, and, you know, whoever else. Maybe like if you are in a chat room somewhere, someone gave you a ticker, right? You can always blame them for it, but or the or the teacher that told you wrong. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, you will realize that it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't make sense to blame anyone because it is, as you said, it is all on you. And the quicker you find out that it's all about you, the faster 
you will be able to disconnect from that personal um, feeling that everything is personal. Yeah. The personal element and detachment from it, from your self-worth, from being right, from have to make it. It's, it's, there's just so many factors that come into it. That's why I'm so excited for this journey for you because, you know, for me personally, trading is not really just about trading and, and, and money, actually not at all. It's really that process of uh, self-discovery that is helping you to enrich your life because you find out more to be in, in the present moment and that just enriches your life in general. Yeah, I think being in the present moment has always been tough for me. I'm artsy, dreamy, you know, but as I've gotten older, I turned 50 last, well, I guess I'll be 51 in June. There's been a big change in me, me not really wanting to be like that anymore, wanting to be more in present time. And uh, I recently uh, heard uh, on a podcast, someone talking about killing off the version of yourself to become the new version. And, and, you know, the way he said it was like, oh, that just sounds so uh, aggressive. But at the same time, like, it's it's kind of the only way. Like, you really have to put the work in and and discover the person that you want to be instead of the one that you always have been. And I can see where the trading journey facilitates that. Yeah, no, definitely. That is so exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm very, surprised you. <laughs> I am very surprised, yes, but also very, very excited for you, for you both, actually, because, you know, I think um, the moment that Rob will see you going through the journey will also give him a sense of confidence because he will see how far he has come. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So I think it will work very well for, for you both. And um, yeah, I, I will be watching on the sidelines for sure. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you wish Rob would do or told you in the early stage that would help you support him in his journey? Like help you understand what he's going through or what you're both signing up for? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know that there's anything he could have told me that, that would have made things different. Because as I said, you know, he wasn't really sure of what direction he was going in in the first place. He didn't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I didn't know. And we've kind of done this together. Um, I do think that, you know, if there's anybody listening to this that is supporting a spouse, you know, I, I think it's really important to keep the pressure off as much as possible. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, what I've seen in other other relationships is sometimes people who go into trading or, or professions like this go all in without a plan B. And I understand that I can be that kind of a person, but there's so much less pressure when you have an income source coming from somewhere else. And, you know, the, the other business that we have, uh, um, is an, it, we was by design made to have us be home and have time. And we do. And luckily that business has stayed afloat for 15 years and we're grateful to have that money to feed the other things that we're interested in doing. So um, I think it's important to give yourself the space to to learn, but to also, you know, less pressure by having another income source. 
Thank you for that. So this is, I think, so helpful because, you know, I, I have come across traders that are actually in that situation, you know, everything, put everything in and it does create incredible pressure on, on, on the family, on the whole family, you know, not just a spouse, but also children, if, if there are children. And I think the one thing that you mentioned that is incredibly important is making sure that even if you don't know exactly what you're signing up for, that you are both signing up for it. Absolutely. For that not knowing and still going into it. Because, you know, that, that type of decisions, it is not just, oh, okay, I'm, I'm just going to have a new job, right? No, there's, there is going to be impact. Everyone involved around you will be impacted by it. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to give your partner the space to to immerse themselves, you know, that that might mean they don't have time for certain other things. And, 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 you know, I mentioned that at the beginning, I was a little worried about that, but, but, you know, I see how important I saw how important this was to him and, and it was fine. You know, we just, we made it work. Very good. That's, that's, that's awesome. Awesome story. And thank you so much for sharing it. Um, it also kind of brings me back a little bit from different perspective, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, thinking about that impact and I don't think it's really lit enough in the industry. We talk a lot about traders, but there is this always, I call this gray eminence, you know, that, that, that someone behind you, uh, that is supporting you in all the journey and that it's either your wife or your partner. Sometimes it could be a friend, uh, but it's really important that that person is there. That's definitely, yeah. definitely key. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. And I hope it will help traders who are listening to this to understand that their trading struggle is affecting their partners and support them on this journey. The support network is incredibly important in trading, but if people do not understand what you're going through, they cannot give you the support that you need. And it is your responsibility as a trader to make sure that they know. And also to respect that, you know, they might not want to go through it. And in that case, just keep your problems, your work problems at work and don't bring them to the dining table. Thank you so much, Kristen, for joining us and for this incredibly enlightening conversation today. And I really appreciate you sharing your experience and your true feelings with us. It was my pleasure. I always share true feelings. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Confidence in Trading podcast. If you enjoyed my show, please review it and rate it on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you can come back for a real life conversation in the next episode. Until then, this is Agnieszka Wood from Ahead Coach and don't forget, you too can realize your dream without losing yourself and your confidence in the process.